Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Portable Magic Dispenser. My name is Lucas Maxwell, and I'm a librarian at Glenthorne High School in Sutton, uh, Surrey. And um, this is a podcast for your public library, school library, whatever. And today I'm going to be talking about uh, tips um, for autistic Dungeons and Dragons dungeon masters. So that's the uh, it's a bit very specific, but this is what I'm going to talk about today. As a, an autistic dungeon master, there are certain things that maybe and these tips will be probably for any dungeon master. But they, as I don't know any other experience, um, I would say these tips help me um, uh, greatly. Uh, so what I'm going to say is um, the first thing. So as a D and D person, I guess, um, as a dungeon master, I would say, um, weirdly enough, uh, we'll start with the end. When you finish a D and D game, um, I think most people are kind of either there's like a feeling of exhilaration or like you need to like wind down. Uh, and I think for dungeon masters, that's especially true. Uh, it's very hard for me to sleep after D and D. Um, at the same time, I feel exhausted. Uh, so just something that you'll keep in mind. Um, maybe for me, three and a half to four hours is about the max that I should do. I think, I think I've, I've done like six or seven, but I think I got pretty, uh, you know, uh, run down uh, about that. And um, so I would say keep the sessions three and a half. You can do what you want, but it's, for me, that's something that I need to be aware of, um, the timing of it. Um, <clears throat> so that's one thing. Um, keeping it, you know, keeping it low time-wise. And... Uh, the next thing is to uh, stay hydrated. I know that sounds weird, but um, what happens for me, and I don't know if this is um, happens to everybody else, I can only speak for myself, is that when I get tired, which is usually really early afternoon, um, because my brain has been working overtime <laughs> trying to figure out how to act properly in public and things like that, uh, properly in quotes, <laughs> Uh, my voice becomes really groggy almost and I get extremely tired. Um, but being hydrated, uh, helps and taking breaks throughout. So that's another thing. Um, I don't really listen to my own advice sometimes because sometimes I'll do four and a half, five hours of D and D without a break, but you should always be checking in with your players. I think as well, every couple hours, like, does anybody need a break? You know, some people may not feel confident speaking up and saying, look, I really need a break. You know, you know, they feel like maybe they're disrupting the game or the flow or whatever. I always try to make, you should always have a situation where everyone feels comfortable just saying, you know, can I take, I need to take a break. Um, so taking frequent breaks and staying hydrated, um, is something that you should definitely give it, give a try. <laughs> um, now, the other thing is about organization. So I struggle really greatly with organization. And what I find helps 
is um, making my own uh, notes on like a Google Drive so I never forget it. Because um, I can always log into my uh, Google uh, Drive. Uh, I would say making notes that are, I bold notes that are important that I want to say right at the top of the session that I've remembered. So taking notes throughout, even if they're bullet point notes, is really important, okay? And just being aware that, uh, yes, you may forget things, um, but it's not the end of the world, so don't beat yourself up because your players may not even realize that you've forgotten something, <laughs> if that makes sense. So um, not beating yourself up, uh, trying to be... Uh, you know, as organized as possible. I would also say doing a lot of pre-reading is good. So what I do is I, a few nights before the session, and again, every D&D, every Dungeon Master should do this, but I read a lot about what I want to do or about the the area, if, especially if it's a pre-written campaign. I think it's really important that you read through the campaign as much as you can, which is what I do. Um... I would say uh, reading through the campaign, uh, reading through the sections that are relevant to you, and just taking notes throughout um, is really important. Uh, and, you know, for me, um, being a dungeon master is about making the players feel like it's their story uh, and making them, you know, um, comfortable and feeling like they can be who they want to be and, and not feel judged or whatever. So um, I am someone who always thinks like people are always, uh, you know, um, judging me, I guess, if that makes sense. So it's, um, even though they, they, they aren't, but um, uh, it's a weird thing that people that you can have as an autistic person, but you don't need to be autistic to have that. But um, uh, it's definitely something that affects my day-to-day kind of, um, I guess, well-being. So on top of that, it's like people, you think people are kind of like upset with you all the time. Um, and even in d and I play with these amazing people. I always think, oh, maybe they're not having a good time or they're a little bit upset about something. So I'm constantly worrying about that but it's like you can't keep asking them are you having fun because they'll get annoyed a and b um you know they won't they won't after a while they won't tell you the truth so um i think i spend a lot of time concerned about if they're enjoying the game or if they're getting bored and so i'm always trying to like so I would say try not to worry about that too much. If they're there to play, they usually will love the game anyway. Not that you should be a bad dungeon master, but um, if you're trying and you're being, you know, you just... The thing with the... Uh, you should know as a dungeon master is that you are a player too, and you your job is not there to kill those uh, players or make them feel miserable throughout or say no all the time, they should be, as long as they're not hurting anybody else, they should be allowed to try whatever they want. Um, they should be able to create their story, so it's their kind of story, hopefully. <clears throat> so that's something that, I, that I'm that i worried about all the time when I'm doing it. So I'm trying to make sure people are happy uh, in the game. 
I would also say work with your players as much as possible. So what I mean by that is like meet with them beforehand, have what they call session zero, which I've talked about before, which is just a meeting before the game. And, you, you know, be if you're open about being autistic or if you have a diagnosis like I do, I'm happy to tell people that and say, look, I'm going to possibly need a little extra time. Um, what I always tell my players is that if I'm ever, like well, sometimes with some some of my amazing team um, that we do the podcast with, they, I think, sometimes think like I'm annoyed with them or something. Um, but never. Um, that's never true. It's, and I always say to, I would say, if, if that's something you've come across is to say, if I ever sound annoyed, it's because I'm annoyed with myself. So <laughs> usually, it's an, um, some, it's always annoyed um, with myself. Um, uh, you know, something I feel like I'm missing something. Um, and I would say, as a DM, to slow things down, you don't need to make combat, especially as fast as it is in real life. Take a step, take a break, like not a break, but just take a step back and say, okay, what? Um, have I got everything I need here? Um, and just tell the players, just to be honest, like I'm going to need two minutes to gather my thoughts. I do that sometimes. I just need a minute to get everything together. And that's why I, um, I enjoy doing that. And I enjoy, uh, you know, and just having the time to think. Um, so the last session we did with the, my uh, friends on the podcast it was essentially two full sessions so almost like seven or eight hours of combat um, and there was a lot going on there were a lot of like NPCs um, and I felt pretty good about how I did it but I did need like um, I was happy that the players were taking their time <laughs> figuring out their moves and their strategies because at the same time I was trying to listen to them and I was working my, you know, make sure I had everything going. Um, I did make a big mistake, but I, you know, that's the other thing is if you do make a mistake, Paul um, apologize. So the mistake that I made was that they had a friendly NPC that I, um, that they were trying to bring into combat and I forgot to bring them in. Um, and they, for some reason, thought that, um, that I was just being slow bringing them in or <laughs> something. They, I wish they had spoken up about it because I would have brought them in, but it's not their fault, so it was my uh, my fault with that. Um, so that's something that if you're a player as well, um, don't f you should feel comfortable speaking up. I know they do feel comfortable speaking up, but um, I think they just were thinking, oh, that thing's taken a long time to arrive. Um, but if you, you know, if you... Uh, take some time, and I, I was kind of rushing around. I had so many things going on that I, I forgot. So, um, but if you if you take your time with it, um, you would be you'll be okay. So I'd say take notes beforehand, stay hydrated, take breaks, um, speak to your players about maybe needing extra time. Um, another thing I would say is that. Um, you don't need to be a professional voiceover actor to play different NPCs or characters. Um, I try to um, mix it up, but um, I make fun of myself. So I know I tell my players I know basically two voices, a grizzled Vietnam veteran and someone I grew up with in Canada. That's essentially the two 
that I know. I know a few things. I can, I'm, being, I'm getting a little bit better, but um, it's not easy. <laughs> and you don't need to be uh, like Matt Mercer and those amazing guys. And they're amazing, in my opinion, just because they, they make it seem easy, and it's it's not. Um, but they're professional voice actors, so uh, sometimes even if you're playing in person, even like a change in posture can do it. So... I'm running something with students at the minute. It's like a gothic horror D&D um, with some 16, 17-year-old um, students. <clears throat> and um, uh, they came across like just like half animal, half, uh, you know, half animal, half uh, human creatures that were all hunched over. Um, and I did do some voices, but I also like hunched over and just that. I mean, you know, and then when they met like this, I don't want to spoil anything, but they met someone who wasn't like that. They met somebody who was like the leader of these things. And it was a, they're very kind of almost angelic, um, almost. And they noticed that they were like floating off the ground a little bit as they drifted towards them. I made sure that I was like straight up and down, very regal looking, like, mm, <laughs> very official, so things like that, you don't need to be, and I think in my head, I was like, they, you know, it's getting, they're, they're getting bored and all that stuff. You worry about that stuff um, with the voices and all that. But um, um, I think. We'll be back after a quick break. Do you ever wish you could sit in on a conversation with some of your favorite authors and listen to them talk about their writing process, their path to publication, and of course, their newest novels. Hi, I'm Marissa Meyer, best-selling author of The Lunar Chronicles, and I would love for you to check out the Happy Writer podcast, where every week I talk with other writers about books, craft, inspiration, and how to bring a little more joy into our lives. The Happy Writer is available wherever you get your podcasts, or find us on Instagram, at Happy Writer Podcast. For me, what some of the players, some of the NPCs that have been the most popular are the ones that are just um, then the voice is not necessarily an aspect of them, um, but the um, kind of like just what they do, you know, their actions. So I wouldn't worry too much about uh, voiceover stuff. Um, it's also um, hard to describe but hard to gauge I should say but you shouldn't plan you shouldn't over plan and somebody who again who's autistic um, I can only speak for myself but I tend to wait to the last minute anyway um, to do things like that like to write stuff down or to plan quote unquote but as a DM I try to how do I um, give them the freedom. You do need to plan in order to give them the idea of freedom throughout the game. Um, but I guess as an autistic DM, it's important that you don't get upset when things don't go to plan because, or any any DM, um, because that's the whole point of the game is that things shouldn't go to plan for you. You should. They should be disrupting. The players should be disrupting the plans at all times. Um, so hopefully that's uh, clear. <laughs> um, so you you can find online uh, 
tons and tons of like random tables, like randomized tables. If that's something that isn't like it, for me, if I'm if something's gonna have like a huge impact on my players, I don't want to do like a random table. But if you have like you need a quick NPC with a personality or something, there's tons in the books. Um, in Tasha's and in Xanthar's guide, uh, Xanthar's guide. Um, so there's tons of stuff like that. You don't need to worry about that. Uh, in my opinion, there's tons of websites out there as well. Um, same with like shops. I love when they visit shops because um, it's fun to just create an atmosphere and a shopkeep uh, kind of personality. Um, so that's something, and then you can always you can always find tons of things online with weird little trinkets and things like that. So I wouldn't worry. Don't worry too much about that. And they're not going to remember the interior of the shop or the shopkeeper's name. Probably sometimes they do. We have, like I said, our podcast players know a few of the shopkeeps' names because they've been back and forth there lots. You know, um, so that's fun. But um, don't worry uh, too much about that. Um, okay. Um, the other thing is, I would say, because we have autistic students who are being dungeon masters and players, is that you shouldn't stress over the rules because you don't need to know every rule. They're just there as a guide. And if you break a rule, it doesn't matter. Who cares, right? Um, all you need to do is, you know, if you want to correct it post-game, you could do. If you want to what they call retcon and just take things back, you can if it's like a major issue. Um, but again, you should be clearing this with your players beforehand where they say, look, I'm not going to, I'm not perfect. I'm going to make mistakes. Um, I say, I always say to my players, you know, our players that, um, I'm learning as I go. So it's, um, I will 100% take information from players who some we have players who know more uh, in my opinion know the game better than I do but they don't want to be dungeon masters for whatever reason and that's fine um so I play with two sets of adults and some of them know the game been playing the game for 30 years so you know it's just the way it is and um I will ask them well what is that how does that work again and they'll just say oh this way and you know you create like a relationship where they know you're not out to trip them up or kill them outright. <laughs> um, although I think one of our podcast players is paranoid that I'm uh, I'm trying to kill them, but um, definitely not. <laughs> um, so there's all that stuff. So I think what's important, um, if you're thinking about being a dungeon master um, and you're autistic, um, and that's I'm not saying that's hold not and that's in your head you know in your head holding because I I would be I was really hesitant I was like I'm not going to be able to handle this because the rules seem too overwhelming the responsibility seemed too much um, I've had opportunities situations in the past where you know the spotlight was on me and, you know I screw it up um, because I don't know what I'm doing uh, I didn't want the pressure but there is no pressure. There should be no pressure, really. It's a game, and you're there for fun. And you're there, really, to tell a story. It's an improvised story. You're providing this kind of, like, building and this world, I should say, and letting them just play within it. And that's really what it's all about. 
You also need to choose a style of playing that you and your players enjoy. Like I said, I talked about the voices. If you don't like to do voices, just don't do them. You don't have to do them. Um, nobody's making you. But you should um, always tell your players if your campaign or whatever you're doing is going to contain dark themes, certain themes. Always warn them. Um, if they may say, oh, I'm not comfortable with that, then you can switch it up. Okay? Um, you should always talk about expectations at the table. Okay? Um, you know, it can just be fun, right? It doesn't have to be this massive sit-down after-school special, right? Just... Just get, you know, get to know your players if you don't know them well and try to explain the game to them, essentially, the, the, the situation you're going to be in. So what I would say is, like, don't beat yourself up. That's the number one rule. <laughs> don't beat yourself up. And just be open about the fact that the mistakes are going to be made. And, and when that happens, you can uh, move on from it, Okay. So that's it, really. I mean, that's hard to kind of put in a podcast, to be honest, how to how to a tip tips for autistic dungeon masters because I can only speak from my experience. I'm not going to speak for anybody else. Um, so that's the, I guess that's the issue is that um, you're going to have find it different for yourself you're gonna everybody's gonna find it you know everybody's gonna have a different experience whether you're autistic or not but i guess the goal is to just be kind to others stay um prepared but not too over prepared take notes on what take notes during the game i would say um and put those on like an electronic thing google drive so you'd never lose them um this will help you. And what I like to do is like provide recaps for players, um, brief recaps if I can. I haven't been doing it lately, but with our students, I do because they love it, um, and that's been very helpful. And it's helpful for me, so I try to do it right away if I can. Here's what happened. Even just bullet, bullet point. Here's what happened in this session. And if they disagree or they say actually this piece of treasure went to this person or this actually we got this blah blah, blah that's great it's really it's a collaborative event you're telling a story um i love taking the notes because it's super helpful to me and i kind of make it into a story really at the end so um yeah that's it uh that's this podcast i hope you enjoyed that i hope that was useful if you're thinking of starting dungeons and dragons um in your library i'm on twitter at lucas j maxwell i got lots of information okay um, that can help you, and it is like worth doing, especially if you're starting it in a school or public library. That is it. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. Bye.